Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is the Steelers Preview Show on WDVE Pittsburgh, presented by Unibet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here are your hosts, Mike Perzuta, Matt Williamson, and Merrill Hodge. Good evening and welcome to another Thursday night edition of Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Matt Williamson and Mike Persuda with you until 8 o'clock tonight, as we always are on Thursdays, at least when the game's on Sunday, we do sure, this on sure. Thursday. Monday nights, we have to adjust. Or, <laughs> uh, Thursday nights, we have to adjust more uh, specifically. But uh, we've got one coming up Sunday in Charlotte. And, uh, Matt, uh, we often start the show with the What to Expect segment, which is brought to you by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. I think we got a layup tonight. I expect Carolina to try to run the ball. How uh, yeah. about you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, rinse and repeat from last week and the week before. Uh, I mean, I've used this phrase a lot the last three weeks, voluminous running. I mean, this volume, 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 two yards, five yards. We're going to stick with it. I like that word, voluminous. Voluminous. It makes me sound intellectual. It does. Uh, I've been doing that a lot this year. Uh, And it's a trend around the league. I mean, it narrows the playing field when you don't have a great quarterback, just keep running the football and pound people into into the ground. And it's working for Carolina. They're playing their best ball of the year. We're going to get into that portion of – the Steelers-Panthers dynamic in our second segment with Merrill Hodge. But, uh, you know, the headline story uh, out of Pittsburgh this week is the quarterback situation. And I'm not sure the Steelers' suddenly porous run defense isn't a bigger story than whoever plays quarterback. But quarterbacks get the headlines. And Kenny Pickett in the news this week, limited for a second consecutive day today. Mm -hmm. He's a rookie. He's dealing with his second concussion. I'm going to go out on a limb, Matt, and say Pickett's not playing. Yeah, it sure seems that way. And, I have no problem with that. I mean, such is life. You you got these other two guys that are getting a lot of action here in practice. So, I mean, it looks like it's likely going to be Trubisky, but maybe you have a better insight than that. The other uh, notables from the uh, Steelers practice participation report today, uh, Deontay Johnson didn't work. He's got a hip, but, you know, as we've talked about the last couple of weeks, veterans at this time of the year right, often right, don't right. work and they play anyway. Full participant. Full participation for Najee Harris. He took uh, yesterday off also dealing with the hip. No Miles Jack and no Pat Fryermuth. Groin for Jack, foot for Fryermuth, and uh, Larry Ogunjobi now dealing with a toe. None of those guys have practiced yet this week. They are all, uh, well, they all might play anyway mm-hmm. to our, our previous point. 
nothing real uh, headline generating on the Carolina side of things. LaVisca Chenault, their kind of gadget wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, he's good with the ball in his hands. Uh, he was limited for a second consecutive day with a shoulder. That might be something significant because he's pretty physical. He is. He's about he's six one, two hundred pounds. He likes to put that shoulder down and run through you. They'll throw bubble screens to him, end around stuff like that. Orbit motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little short pass out of the backfield, that kind of thing. Uh, and Xavier Woods, one of their starting safeties, he's missed two games in a row with an ankle. He has been limited for two days in a row. So Panthers, though, seems to me they've been pretty healthy. They have a lot of defensive backs. They have a lot of defensive backs. I like their two first-round corners. Um, I like Chin a lot, the big safety. Jeremy Chin. Yeah. They have six or seven really intriguing defensive players, and that defense is playing quite well right now. Uh, back to the Steelers quarterback situation. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any, uh, you know, tremendous insight, just uh, some suspicions on it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I think they are getting uh, Mason Rudolph ready to play in case he has to or in case they want him to play. Matt Canada, the Steelers offensive coordinator, talked today on Coordinator Thursday, and he mentioned that they lost Pickett early in the game, mm-hmm. so they're down to one quarterback. Well, although you never want to have that happen, if that would happen again, they don't want to be down to a guy. Yeah. In the event they would start Trubisky and Rudolph would be the backup, they don't want to have to turn to a backup who hasn't practiced all year who's been number three all year, so they're trying to get him ready. But is it a little goofy to get the backup as ready as the starter, or are they really trying to figure out which one's the starter, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm not at practice, you are. But my take on it is kind of like you said. I'm not sure all the audience understands what Rudolph's role has been during the whole regular season. He's not practicing – you know, taking a snap from Mason Cole and throwing it to Deontay Johnson. He hasn't done that for months. I mean, really, it might have been Latrobe the last time he's done yeah. that. You know, I mean, th- that's a big gap. Didn't do it a ton there, and he didn't. And he was third there. So, I, I mean, imagine the criticism many of our listeners would have right now if Trubisky gets hurt on the first series. Rudolph goes in, stinks up the joint. You guys interview him after, and he's like, "Well, I haven't practiced in four months. <laughs> what are you doing, coaching staff?" You know. But I also think, to your point. If it is close to 50-50, Mitch might not have a real long leash either. Yeah, I think that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. that's the, the crux of it mm-hmm. is, hey, you get to start again because you moved the ball with fluidity. Yeah, and there were some good stuff. You were productive, mm-hmm. but three bad screw-ups and can't have that. In a game, you lose by two points. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of points left on the field. So maybe a short leash for Mitch Trubisky. I don't know. My fear, we'll get into this with Merrill a little bit as well. This is all conjecture, but my mm-hmm. fear is that we will see – the tentative Mitch Trubisky that got yeah. himself benched, in my opinion. And I, this amazes me. I've seen some uh, – the thought bandied around that he has not been treated fairly. Oh, I don't have uh, – I've heard that had, with Rudolph, too. I don't. He I, had I don't, the starting job. Right, they right. did not score points. They didn't score points, and he wasn't particularly good. Yeah, so, so he got benched. Yeah. And uh, he came in in the Tampa game when Pickett uh, suffered his first concussion mm-hmm. – and played really well and really helped them win that game. Yeah. And that was the Mitch Trubisky I thought they would be getting all along. Me too. I think the guy we saw against Baltimore was the guy that the rest of the league thinks really is Mitch Trubisky, a guy who will tantalize you with his athletic ability, mm-hmm. but he's not, yeah. he's not really the sharpest quarterback tack in the box, mm-hmm. and there are mistakes that result from that. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought his three interceptions were bad eyes by a quarterback, locking on not moving safeties, not manipulating the defense. And we've seen that throughout his career. 
But I also thought, boy, I mean, he was moving the ball as well as anyone's moved the ball all year with this team. I mean, the good was quite good. But I think your point's really interesting in that are we going to see the really conservative guy, like, I just don't want to screw up, or are we going to see the too, comp- or too aggressive guy that we saw there? Can we meet in the middle somewhere in this game? You know, that, that came up in the post game, and he said, yeah, there's a, there is middle ground. i got to mm-hmm. find it. But uh, it was interesting to me listening to Trubisky talk about those interceptions. And, hey, let me say this up front. Nobody's more accountable. He was yeah, – he, he, he took the blame yeah, yeah. for everything. He explained the plays in detail. But he kept saying, yeah, I got to use my eyes better. Mm. Uh, I got to look the guy off. I, I got to throw a better ball. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. do it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, At least he, you're recognizing the problem. He, he looked like a guy that, you know, if a kid burns his hand on the stove, most of the time they don't put the hand right back. <laughs> right, right. He throws a pick to Fryermuth, and then he throws another that pick to That was almost Fryermuth. an identical pick. You know, it was like and we get to, linebacker blind twice in a row, you know, right. We get to halftime. All right, and George Pickens has made two huge plays yeah. and also drawn a, a pass interference penalty in the end zone. The ball's gotten picked off when you've thrown to Fryermuth twice. Mm-hmm. And those linebackers are playing really well and covering a lot of ground. And, right. and Pickens got targeted one more time the rest of the game. Yeah. How yeah. does that happen? He was beaten, and I got a lot of respect for Marlon Humphrey. Oh, I think he's their best corner and one of the better corners in the league. Pickens yeah. was beating him like a drum. Yeah, and they had no fear attacking Humphrey. I thought, oh, they'll be after Peters all time and the slot guys and all that. I'm like, ah, Humphrey won't get many targets. Well, he didn't, but he should have because he was. they were beating him like a drum. Both the guys, actually. Um, I was also a little shocked, slightly off topic, but along those lines, three second-half touches for Najee Harris. I mean, that, that was close from the start, or from the beginning, or from start to finish. And you're trying to control the clock a little bit, and, you're, and your quarterback's throwing picks. How about, you know, feeding your, your big back a little bit more? Yeah. I I mean, they weren't running well. I, I kind of wrote right? that off to they're not running well against yeah. the Ravens. And the passing game was working well enough. It wasn't it like was. they were going three and out. They were moving the ball. And they kept getting in the red zone and kept giving it away. Of course, if you hand it off to Najee Harris, it's less likely to get intercepted. Yeah, and back to your original point, which I 100% agree with. Sims and Pickens should not be getting the same number of targets ever, let alone two weeks in a row or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, one of them was sort of a fluke because it was a scramble and Trubisky was running around and he just threw it up for somebody. Mm-hmm. I think that was a one-yard gain. That certainly wasn't the design. Right, right, right. The George Pickens thing is head-scratching to me because we all saw it in training camp. right. And then ever since the regular season started, they've acted as if, well, this guy's a rookie. He's un- we don't have a history. Yeah. Let's let's let it kind of happen organically. I would be force feeding this guy, man. I, the other thing do, that makes what do you got to lose at this point? Right. I mean, we see the traits. The other thing that makes me a little crazy though is how about intermediate or deep in breaking routes? How many post routes do you see in the game from the Steelers? Very few. I mean, they're all goes down the sidelines, and Pickens is tremendous at that, but you're letting the corner have that sideline as an extra defender. I mean, I want to see him deep down the middle, digs, you know, deep ins, things like that. There's very few of those, and he would be great at it. Steelers preview on TV is brought to you by Unibet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet. Proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Matt Williamson and Mike Pursuta just getting warmed up on the preview tonight. When we come back, we'll be joined by the third member of our full house backfield, uh, the one and only Merrill Hodge. We're going to be here until 8 o'clock tonight right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. 
Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got him. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Back to the Steelers preview show presented by Unibet on DVE. Welcome back to the preview Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson with you until 8 o'clock tonight as we continue getting you ready for the Steelers and the Carolina Panthers on Sunday in Charlotte. Uh, Joining us now, the third member of our team, and really, Matt, I think we're in agreement, our MVP, our factor back. Factor back for sure. The man, the myth, the legend, (laughs) Merrill Hodge. Merrill, welcome back, brother. (laughs) It's always good to be a part of the team, boys. Love part of the team. Well, I'll tell you, uh, this has been uh, bothering me since Sunday, and and I use the term bothered very carefully because, you know, I report on the team, I write about the team, I talk about the team. I'm not a fan, so I'm not upset that they lost to Baltimore. But when the Ravens get the ball back with 221 left and you have two timeouts and a two-minute warning and the practice squad quarterback is in, I don't know. I'm thinking it's not unreasonable. You get a three and out there and you have a chance to steal the game with a field goal. And instead the Ravens run, run, run. And then they start taking knees. What happened on that last series? Well, let's go back to when they were on the two yard line. Let's start there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Back. It's not a bad place to start. <laughs> okay. All right. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, well, here's what happened. Okay. I talked about the most important line is the line of scrimmage in football okay you've got to control it if you can't control it a you can't you can't control your opponent you can't win games it's impossible to do that unless you have some fluky freaky things that can happen which do happen all the time that being said um i and i knew that they were going to run a power o too that is like the that is their staple they do it a bunch of different ways but a power o was coming because they do it so well and it's coming to the right side they almost kind of, they almost felt felt it just based on their alignment. Um, and the only thing I can tell you is what you saw. I mean, they they literally just got blown off the ball. They they just got dominated at the point of attack. Um, and unlike that, they have played the last you know three four weeks too. To be honest with you, they 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 had played much better. But. Um, um, I will tell you this, the, you know, I don't know if you watched them against the Broncos. The Broncos did a pretty good job I did. of taking their running game away. They, uh, you know, and I'm sure that there was a, a sense of emphasis that we we're going to get our running game going. And and they did. 
obviously. <laughs> they um, did. But, you know, I, I wish I could – I mean, I could tell you there was some great scheme that they ran, and it was something that the Steelers probably are going, what was that? Never saw that. It's the one play I'm sure that they worked on the most. They knew they were going to see the most, and you're going to have to deal with the most. Merrill, do you agree? I thought the safeties played really well in the run game. Okay. I mean, they were out there a lot. There was a lot of one cornerback situations. I didn't think the edge guys were all that bad, Highsmith and Watt, but I thought most of the blame was second-level guys and the 300-pounders. Yeah, no, our, the interior got yeah. – they got gutted. That, that, there's there's 100% truth to that. I, I, I don't know that I have seen – you know, Cam is usually, you know, he he wrecks plays, you know. And, and listen, there's nobody that's played this game that doesn't get blocked or moved or have bad plays. There ain't nobody, okay? Everybody's ever plays, had bad plays, been on their back, got beat, you name it. It's probably the first game, though, I didn't really see him make a difference. You know, I just, mm-hmm. he, he, you wouldn't have known he was on the field. Um, that was probably the only thing that, you know, and then to your point, they, they gutted him. You know, they, they're right in the core, and they could not stop those core. And I mean, anything, power O, that's what the power O is. The power O is a man's run. It's like, we're coming at you, put some bodies in the air, and we're going to dig you out. And let's see if you can stop us. You know, that's the attitude they play with. You know, that's what keeps them in games. There's not a greater example of how valuable and important a tempo setter and a um, – a, a controlling environment um, phase is, is a running game. You know, when you have that, you can have somebody who probably had zero reps ever in your offense <laughs> come out there and manage it enough to win the game for you. Um, so, well, looking tell ahead, you the value in it. Looking ahead to this Sunday, uh, I wanted to talk to you about Carolina versus Baltimore, how those two yeah. teams run the ball, because – I watched Carolina play at Seattle and run for over 200 yards and over 100 in the fourth quarter on two drives that just 46 put the, rushing attempts put the game yeah. away. Uh, this Panthers team, to me, looks like it's developing an attitude. They'll line up eight bodies across and run an unbalanced line. They'll put an offensive lineman in the backfield. They play eight offensive line sets, the RB package. Have you, yeah. have you heard the RB package yeah. yet? Yeah. yeah. All the beat. Yeah. I mean, they're not, <laughs> yeah, they're not real uh, shy about telling you what they're doing, and they seem to be doing it pretty well. How do they compare yeah. to the Ravens, and can the Steelers stop that? Can I piggyback off that well, too, Merrill? I mean, you got the Falcons yeah, before yeah. that. I mean, Falcons, Ravens, well, Panthers, back-to-back-to-back is like the most yeah. three dedicated run games in the whole league. Correct. And, um, and, and of all three, I think this one might be um, the one that has a better chance of being managed. And, and I say that because I don't think they are as, as, as efficient a group at executing their type of runs as, say, the Ravens. Okay? They're not as multifaceted as Atlanta. They're going to come at you with some pretty staples. They're, now, their counter, I, I, you know, I, I didn't chart all of their, their runs, it just appeared that, that the counter seems to be a run that they really like, and they pull two guys. Now, I always love a counter trap. Um, the key to a counter trap, though, is um, that you're, depending on how they play it defensively, that the second, the second guy, he, the second blocker, that he sees it like the runner. That guy almost has to be a type of runner. So um, if if he can see it well, boy, there's a lot of ways you just 
you can attack a defense with a counter. So they're going to have to handle that. That that counter run is, is probably the most, I think, flexible run, dangerous run. Um, if they can't handle that, that'll be a problem. Now, keep in mind, they had um, a big run by Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold, um, shoot, he must have had a 50-yard run. So he contributed to that 200 yards. Yeah. Atypical you know, for him, game. though, right? He mostly just – Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just put legs to why, throw, and he's not hes not going to run unless there's absolutely no other option whatsoever. Their longest which, running which back is, carry was 16 yards. Yeah. I mean, they're all right, three yards is, in a lot of dust, you know? Right. So, and I think he had like a 50-yard run. So that, that, that can kind of skew it. But I will tell you this, at the second half, to your point, I don't know who made it, the front seven of the Seattle Seahawks were five to six to seven yards back in their own backfield. I mean, at the end, the Carolina Panthers were smashing them. I mean, literally moving them off the line of scrimmage. Lost there for a second, Merrill. Uh, can you re, re, uh, revisit the thought? Last we heard, they were getting Seattle's going backwards, five, seven yards, oh. getting smashed. Yeah, yeah, guys, I'm sorry. I don't know if that was for me. Well, what I what I said, what I said there at the very end is that you know, at the end of the game when they wanted to finish the game, I have not seen Seattle's front seven ever moved like they were moved. Um, all year. I mean, they literally picked them up and moved them out of the way on the last drive. Um, but to but prior to that, you know, if you can't handle their counter trap, that that's what leads to that. If you're going to see enough of that, that's going to happen to almost any team towards the end. So how you deal with that, or the Steelers deal with that early in the game, is going to be really pivotal in the outcome. Now we we spoke with uh, Terrell Austin, the Steelers' defensive coordinator, today. And uh, he agreed with you. He said it wasn't scheme. We didn't get fooled. We knew what was coming. We had the right people on the field. They just, Baltimore just played better than Pittsburgh. Uh, How do you play better defensively, individually, and collectively? Because you got to know this is coming again, right? They're going to keep hitting you with the hammer until you do something to make them stop. And that's all Carolina right, does. Right, you know, right. Yeah, yeah. They, listen, there's. I'm sure they're in their meetings. What is today? Today, Thursday. They've all. They've got their game plan in Wednesday, so they've already talked this story out. They've showed the Ravens game. They showed the Atlanta game. They watched those games that look comparable. And I'm sure they're saying we can run on this team. We can run on this team. I don't think there's any question in my mind that they're saying that. And so you know how you now listen. Sometimes you've got to help your guys. Now, you know, keep in mind, you know, the Ravens, as good as they handled the Steelers running attack, you know, they did a bunch of run blitzes to them. And the Steelers in past, when they have played their best, they've shifted fronts better and they've done some run blitzes in the process. And I, I would not be surprised if you wouldn't see some game plan like that to maybe help the guys out a little bit, you know, get some get some downs where, you know, second and long and you get them in third and long. Because if you can get Sam Donald in third and long enough, you're going to be okay. So, uh, along the Darnold line, that's where my question was going anyway. I feel like Carolina is hiding him even more than these last two opponents. I mean, Mariota and Huntley. I mean, not Brown, but Huntley. I mean, they don't want Darnold to do anything. Well, they, yeah, um, you're right. Play calling and design can either be about inexperience or trying to hide our quarterback. Mm-hmm. One of the two things we're, we're doing, and they do, they do, uh, you know, they, they try to throw run action off of it. You know, and 
I always thought that's the best way to throw. I don't care how great your quarterback is, but it clearly does help a guy who, you know, is when I say seasoned, I mean just not a good guy. He, not a good quarterback. He, I mean, he was sloppy at USC. The biggest problem with Sam Donald when he came out is he's just sloppy. He is all over the pocket. I mean, he can come back and he can go from the left guard to the right guard and end up over the left tackle and throw the ball and get get himself in trouble because he's running right into pressure. You know, he throws the ball like um, like he's trying to throw it through a brick wall. I mean, no matter where it's going, like it's he's fundamentally not sound, and that's what makes him so erratic. And so they try to control that, and that's why I'm saying, you know, if you can keep him in some bad in some situations where they have to throw the ball a little more and get him uncomfortable, he's going to give you some shots. But you know. If you don't, then they control the environment and they'll throw when they want to throw. And, um, and even though they did that against Seattle, I'm telling you that he still he still gave them a couple opportunities. They just blew. You know, they just they didn't make the they didn't make the play on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made some throws that you're like, what is he doing? And he still has that in him. So hopefully they can get him into that and and capitalize when he does give it to him. Mayor, let's get off the uh, chalkboard for a second and, and talk about intangibles a little bit. And, uh, you know, if you're a Friday Night Lights fan, Mojo, uh, watching that uh, Carolina team play, I mean, this team has been through a lot. <laughs> the coach yeah. has been fired. Yep. Uh, star players have been traded. Uh, this is their Darnold's their third quarterback that has started. They might win the division. But they're still <laughs> in it because they're in a bad division, and they look like they got some belief, do they not? I mean, they play hard. They play well, physical. Yeah. They they keep coming. Yeah. Even when they screw up, yeah. they do it 1,000 miles yeah. an hour. Well, I, I'm going to tell you this. It's the, it's the greatest. I think it's one of the most powerful words in the English language, and it applies in, uh, in, in, in so many different ways, and everybody can relate to it um, because they've probably had an experience with it. I watch that team, and you can tell they all have hope. They they play like they have hope. What a great word. You know, and then the more the season goes on, and I just can tell you this, because, Mike, like you said, everything always comes back to 1989. The second we <laughs> – the, the second we were just we – kind of like the Carolina Panthers. We may not have lost coaches now, but we had I – mean, once we found hope, and all that we had been through, there was no pressure. I like, you know, I watch them play, and I'm like, hey, these guys have hope, man. They have hope, and there's no pressure, and there can't be a more dangerous team to face that has that. You know, Merrill, you're gonna la- you're gonna laugh, but uh, we were speaking a couple of us with Mason Rudolph this week, and uh, he told us one of the reasons he's stayed ready, or he thinks he has stayed ready, is that he got some advice from a guy he called a legendary coach who said, hey, just keep getting ready, keep hanging in there, keep prepping it. You never know when your chance is going to come. The coach's name was Tom Moore, and that was when the Buccaneers came to Pittsburgh hmm. this season. Tom Moore is an old buddy of Randy Feekner's, as, as Rudolph explained it, and Moore had visited Steelers camp during Rudolph's rookie year. And where was Tom Moore in 1989? He was coaching <laughs> for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it does all come back to 1989. It does. You know what? Let me tell you, if he's, he's wise enough to listen to that counsel because that cat has been, I don't know how long he's been in the league, but it has to be over 15 years. It's 84 years old. And he's still a wow. consultant with the Buccaneers. That, that is absolutely, I mean, that is like 
miracle stuff. And he is such a good coach, too. He was such a good coach. So we, I mean, Bubby and I always, always we, we, we see all the time, as soon as Tom Warren left, he ended our career. He ruined our career when he left Minnesota. <laughs> we personally hold him accountable for that. <laughs> Merrill, I got a two-part question for you. Analyze Trubisky's three interceptions and analyze everything else Trubisky did. Well, it's good and bad. Do you want uh, more than that? I mean, that, that's well, a short answer, you know, but Merrill's not big on short answers. <laughs> yeah, this, this, well, this, this, learned that this, this is unfortunately, this, this is unfortunately, um, like, this has been his problem when he was in college. Yeah, and with the Bears. Okay, the, the pro. The, the, well, you're right. It only gets magnified when it gets to the NFL. Okay, so that being said, yeah. and so what is his problem? Here was his real problem when he, when he was in college. In college, and I never felt he truly went through a progression. I did not really feel like he ever understood what was going on. And then based on his throws and interceptions, it, it just even elevated that thought process. You know, And then when it really mattered in critical down, scoring territory, is when he played his worst. And that has really not changed. You know, the first interception, now I could argue, you know, Liz Fryermuth got jammed and he just got everything killed by the way he got off. Well, that the quarterback, get off him. I'm mm-hmm. going back to Tom Moore. First thing Tom Moore would say, he got jammed, get off him. He's done. The pressing man, you got zone over here, make something happen here. Don't stick on him. And that's what he did. He just, he just kept waiting for him. Yeah. Um, so, and then the second one, they had given a spy look a, a couple other times in the game, and they spied him. You know, they, I mean, they did a robber-type look where the, the linebacker was just lurking, you know. And you have to know that. I mean, he had to see it. Well, that's your responsibility to know that. Let's just put it that way. You know, and then he ends up throwing it right to him. And then the last one, I'm telling you this, I could, I've watched him so long when he came out of the huddle and he dropped back. I, you could see it in his body language. He was throwing that to the left side when he came out of the huddle. Terrible. The safety. Well, they they were on that they were on that hash that he ends up throwing it to. So they're on the short side. He throws to the short side of the field um, as far as the width goes. The safety was on that hash where he starts to move to the middle. When he's moving to the middle, you can see in his body language. He's like, no way. You can see him coming back. He's like, there's no way he's just going to throw this. And sure enough, he just. You don't even know how you pre-snap. You're like, hmm, that safety's on the hash where I want to throw it. Well, I I, I got to do something to bring him to the other hash, at least to have a shot. I can't just stare there and throw there. And But that has been his M.O., honestly, since he was he came out. That has been – and then those things are like from an evaluated perspective, they're good to observe because they're like, can those be changed? Can those be fixed? I just think a lot of those things, when you see those inherited trademarks of how a kid is playing, especially the more you see of it, it's going to be hard to change that in this at this level just because of the sophistication. It will be so hard. If a guy doesn't understand conceptually coverages, reads within those coverages, and how to go from one to two to three and process that, it, it's going to be hard to come to the NFL and do that. Well, talk, it is about processing. Let's talk about what that means for the Carolina game. We have no official word about the starter, but uh, Matt and I were kicking around in the first segment. Kenny Pickett limited for a second consecutive day today, so it's probably not going to be him. 
my theory is that uh, they split the reps this week because they wanted to get Rudolph ready in case they want to give Trubisky a quick hook. What what kind of uh, what's in his headspace if he gets the start against Carolina? How does he play? Trubisky. Yeah. Does he, Trubisky. Does he just yeah. does he just well, turtle I, and play conservative like he was in September, yeah, well, or does he say screw it? If I'm going down, I'm going down swinging and getting picked off. Um, Kyle, you know, it's hard to anticipate what a guy might feel like. I, I would anticipate, though, you know, having games where you've turned the ball over. I, I, never, I never fumbled three times, thank the Lord. I don't think. But I've, I've, I've fumbled where I lost games for us. So I, I, that's bad enough. Okay. You can be fragile, you know, until you start to create some confidence back from that, that particular scenario. So, um, It'll be interesting if they. Uh, I, I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't give Mason uh, a shot at it. You know, listen, Mason. I, I play, what he played in training camp, where he played preseason, he played the best actually. You know, if it was a true fair competition, it was about you know how we practice and how we played. I mean, Mason won that. He he's a, he's the least mobile though, isn't he? Oh by, yeah, by far. Well. Yeah, but he still moves moves well. Enough. Listen, if we're running, if we're going into the game and we're counting on our quarterback being mobile to win, okay, we're already in trouble. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you, we're already in trouble. Not it's saying like, they're not in trouble. Touche, touche. But I would, Mike, I, I wouldn't argue with your your thought process either. That you know they're they want to get both guys ready, and if Mitch struggles, then you know they give Mason a shot. You know, and then maybe that's the more reasonable way to approach this and think of it but um giving uh, giving guys equal reps does mean you're undecided merrill great stuff as always really appreciate it. i got one more little tom moore story before you go i think you'll appreciate this we were talking one time i forget what year it was but it was out at st vincent at a slow moment and the the subject was whether or not academics should ever apply into the thought process when a guy's trying to pick a college or should he just do it solely on football if you know if football is what he intends to be his life work and tom moore said right. to me he he was a university of iowa guy if i'm remembering right he said you go to the university of minnesota go to the library they got a book you go to iowa they got the same book <laughs> <laughs> Bro, okay, that was pretty dang good. That's Tom Moore for you. With speed! <laughs> we'll talk to you next I week, Merrill. Thanks. Thanks, Merrill. All right, see you guys. Merrill Hodge with us on the preview. Hey, uh, gear up with the latest in sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players. Authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops. Those are located at Acrisure Stadium, Grove City, Premium Outlets, or the Tanger Outlets. You can also visit us online at shop.steelers.com. One more segment to come tonight. Matt Williamson and Mike Pursuta with you until 8 o'clock tonight, right here on Steelers Preview on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Back to the Steelers Preview Show, presented by Unibet on DVE. Welcome back to the preview. Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson wrapping things up. We're here till 8 tonight on your Steelers flagship. 102.5 DVE and SNR. The Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank reminds you to sack hunger, get food, volunteer, or donate 
at pittsburghfoodbank.org. Uh, Matt, some interesting stuff for Mayor Hodge, sure. as it always is. Uh, he really uh, made a point that resonated with me with that description of the Panthers playing with hope. Yeah. Uh, right. I would almost pile on that a little bit and say they're starting to play with expectation. Yeah. I think Steve Wilkes has done a tremendous job of finding what can I get this team to do well? And obviously it's voluminous running. And I think they got some real playmakers on defense and they understand their strengths and weaknesses. Um, I think everyone, everyone wrote this team off. They traded McCaffrey. They fired their coach. Well, Wilkes has got a plan and it's nice to be in that awful division too. I, I think they're going to end up winning the division. Oh, by the way, pretty good kicker, too, in uh, Eddie Pinheiro, oh, yeah. who has uh, hit 25 at 27 this year. He's got a long of 54, and he has made 11 in a row. So if, hmm. it, uh, if it ends up like a Baltimore-type game good, and the yeah. field goal kickers uh, help decide it, uh, maybe, maybe uh, advantage Carolina or at least a stalemate there. Chris Boswell pretty good when they're not getting blocked by uh, Calais Campbell. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you mentioned those playmakers a minute ago. I uh, wanted to revisit that uh, real quick uh, regarding that Carolina defense yeah, before we good. get out of here. Uh, Shaq Thompson, outside linebacker, and Frankie Louvu on the other side, number 7 and 49. Man, these guys fly around. They're oh. fast. They're physical. They seem to be that hybrid type everybody's looking for yeah. in that they can cover they can blitz, and they can tackle. Luvu's not a household name, but it's not much different than Queen and Roquan last week. I mean, they, they never leave the field. They don't have discernible weaknesses. They're, yeah, they play sideline to sideline. You know? the, the, but in in name, they're outside linebackers, but they play inside they're, a they're lot. They're off the ball. Because they're, they're in sub so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they're not edge players, but they can blitz. I, I think Shaq Thompson's been one of the better linebackers for a long time that no one talks about. I mean, they're they're both really athletic. They're, and, you know, they're protected well by Derrick Brown in front of him, who I think is a star in the making. They, they got some dudes on this defense that I really like. They also uh, do something interesting, at least they did uh, last Sunday when they're mm-hmm. up in Seattle. The the edge guys stand up. Yes. Whether they're in a four-man front or a five. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is uh, what? What are they after with that? Do you think? I, I just wonder if that's a comfort thing. I mean, Brian Burns, who's a star as well, is going to give more a lot of problems. Did a lot of that at Florida State. I, I just think maybe it's a comfort thing for him. Um, I don't have a great answer of schematically what that does for them, them in particular. Also, they actually ran a snap where everybody was standing up. Yeah, they do a little bit of that too. You know, and, and their corners are good. Jeremy Chin is good. Uh, I think the defense presents a lot of problems. And uh, of course, we've talked a lot about the uh, Carolina running game. Uh, Ooh, that's all they do. You know, it was Three particularly impressive in the fourth quarter. Like, they were up 17 nothing on Seattle, mm-hmm. and then that game got to 20-17. to Carolina had a first and goal at the three and passed it four times. None of them were complete. Mark Slareth was doing the game on Fox, and he said, and I quote, McAdoo lost his mind, referencing <laughs> Ben McAdoo, the coordinator yeah. on offense. But the next two possessions, 10 plays, 74 yards and a touchdown, eight plays and 68 yards on the ground in that one. And then after that, uh, nine plays, 44 yards for a field goal. Eight of those were rushes for 34 yards. All of a sudden, it's 30-17, game over. Yeah, Ben and I, Ben McAdoo and I GA'd together at Pitt. He never never left the facility, so I've been rooting for him. But he has found the formula, that's for sure. And it's just hand the ball off, hand the ball off, and keep an eye on it. Sometimes they bring out eight offensive linemen, which is just unbelievable. I mean, a quarterback, a running back, eight offensive linemen, and somebody else. 
It's, well, you never see it. All they don't have is the RV sauce. Exactly. Uh, Steelers preview on TV is brought to you by Unibet. The only thing better than the Steelers win is the Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's going to about do it for us tonight. Matt, I think they're in trouble. I don't think it's a good matchup for them at all. I really don't. Running the ball and the way they play defense Burns versus Moore. I mean, all the things. That, those, and an iffy corners. quarterback situation yeah. at best. Yeah. And a hungry team that smells, you know, a playoff. I think it's a bad matchup. That's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, thanks to IU Jake behind the glass for keeping us on the air. Thanks to you for finding us however and wherever you found us. For Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Pursuta. We'll talk to you next week on Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Good night, everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.